Monday. Happy Monday to you and you and you and you and you. I hope you guys all had an amazing weekend. I can't believe it's Monday. I actually just, all the days are just one long day to me. Um, but we are here. It's Monday. So that means we are speaking 90 Day Fiance the other way on the Melanated Way with my beautiful, lovely immigration attorney co-host, April Holloway. Hey, April. Hello. How was your weekend? Um, this was actually a good weekend. I went to my favorite Caribbean restaurant. So that always makes everything good. <laughs> I mean, listen, you are not wrong. I spent time with good friends and they have a daughter who's like my little play niece. And so we played Barbies. We hung out. It was all good. Happy Monday, Connie. Uh, guys, thank you guys so much for being here. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Tell a friend, tell a friend. This page, April's page, is all the pages. Go ahead and do that right now while we're getting into it. As well as the bottom of the screen, you can see where you can support the show anywhere at Linda is so girly. Um, that obviously helps us continue to produce shows. I'll leave that up there for a little bit. Uh, let's get into it. Overall thoughts, April, of this episode. Overall thoughts, this episode was really tense. Was it not tense for you? So many big conversations. I feel like it was tense, but I also feel like I might be a little crabby. So you guys, you are forewarned. I feel like I was a little crabby today. So when I was taking my notes, I was a little bit like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, Rebecca, Natata is asking you a question. April, what did you eat at the Caribbean restaurant? Trini pork pal buns, plantains. Yes, I said plantains, not plantain with ginger on top it's so good like that and i always ask for them extra crispy and then i also had rum cake with mango sorbet i could see that you were reliving um, that moment was, i was actually with someone and he kept on saying the way your face looks when you take a bite is disturbing <laughs> I love it. I love this place. I'm trying to bully my son into getting a job there so that I can get some kind of discount. <laughs> That's hilarious. Hey, Rebecca. Hey, Esprey. Oh, what up, Esprey? Esprey is from across the pond as well, oh, the Netherlands. We have someone here from London. She Well, actually, I believe she's in the Netherlands, so... I'm just saying across the pond, I know that that's English, but you know, she's from afar. I can't do Dutch. Sorry, Esprit. Um, My thoughts. Yeah. So there were a lot of big, heavy conversations that are about to happen. One of the things I thought was interesting though, April, is that um, the preview for next week was very concerning to me. I won't jump ahead, but I'm just okay. going to throw it out there like, um, okay. <laughs> okay. Go home, my love. That's about, that is the theme of this series. This season is about go home, my love. Yes. For right. everybody. Universal. <laughs> except except Gabe. Except Aw, you both look so beautiful. That's so sweet, Rebecca. You look beautiful, too. Oh, everyone wants my heart. <laughs> you know, I don't know how to do it. All right, let's jump into it. <clears throat> oh my God, can everyone just take a moment and bow down? Amanda is in the house again. 
Amanda has been very consistent this month. Hello to Amanda Fallon. Como estas, Amanda? Salut, Amanda. Thank you for your presence, Amanda. Yes. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> we're really starting up. Okay, so Isabel and Gabe, we're starting with them. Okay, so first of all, what do you think of the friend Trey? I could understand why she is not a fan of the friend, and I wish that Gabe handled the situation a little bit better. I think uh, Trey is a scrub. I don't like him. <laughs> I don't like him at all. I don't like him at all. He gave me bad juju, bad vibes, hater vibes. Like, try to stay in your own relationship. Oh, what, you're not in one? That's why you're so busy being in theirs. You know what he gave me immediately? He gave me passport bro vibes. Absolutely. That part. Immediately. That part. That part. Hey, Bobby, I was just not feeling him at all. Anyways, so Trey and Gabe are hooping, have a lot in common. They live in the same apartment building. They're both from Miami. And one of the things I thought was super weird that had my like radar up was when did they exactly film this? Because Trey's like, oh, so you're thinking about moving in here permanently? Um, wasn't this the permanent move? Yeah. He also said that they hang out all the time. Didn't Gabe just get back to Columbia? That's that's so, yeah, what all of it was like. Okay, so I know you got the apartment. And I know Isabel and her kids moved in. But, like, you've been spending most of your time not there. So, like, how are you guys bro bros? I don't know. I, also, I think sometimes guys have a very loose definition of what is, like, a really good friend. Well, Trey's not it, Gabe. <laughs> Trey is not it. <laughs> so, <clears throat> Gabe tells Trey that he wants to propose uh, to Isabel. And... Uh, yeah, he doesn't have a ring, which I thought was weird, right? Because you've planned for everything else. You plan the move. You plan to set up your business, even though you didn't really plan to do that. So again, the question that you and I often have is, what were you doing in all that time that you were preparing for the big move? Y'all had years. We had a whole pandemic that had you in the house. So you had no, you had all the ample opportunity to do all the research you needed to do, and yet none of it's done. You had ample opportunity to look for rings and all the things, and you haven't even done that either. Like, so my question to you guys who are watching live and those of you guys are going to watch the replay and especially for April, <laughs> if your partner proposed to you without a ring, A, would you be in the moment? And B, would you say yes? Twenty-three-year-old me would have such a different answer to this question, but I'm older, and I feel like at this age, you're you're thinking about things more, and you're not going to just spontaneously propose to somebody. And in this case, it's not a spontaneous proposal. He knows what he's going there for. He wants to talk to Dad. So why aren't you prepared? Like, Dave, you you didn't come prepared with your business stuff together. And you're not prepared with this. What is going on? So what's your answer? So my answer is no. You I'm sorry, but no. Like, we're older. We're planning things. If it was 
if I was younger and we're just wrapped up in the moment because we're on a beautiful vacation together and you propose to me and give me anything, it would be more acceptable. We're older now. We plan things now. I love, see you guys, this is why April makes an amazing immigration attorney. She's so thoughtful in her answer. She really thinks them through. <laughs> and then there's me. I would say hail to the naw. <laughs> Hell to the not. So I, A, wouldn't be in the moment. B, you would not be my one because you should know me by now. And you should know that if you don't have some type of game plan, then there's, what are you even doing? What are you even doing? And and to bring the family involved and you want them to say, hey, like what type of person is are you looking for? What type of man are you looking for, Linda? Well, I'm looking for a man that makes plans. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. If you're super serious, you got a ring and you're going to put a ring on that finger, that part. Okay. Because of all the other stuff you're throwing at me, if you can't even plan, how are you planning the future? No, thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. The most important thing is like, how are you going to make my life easier? That does not make my life easier. I'm just saying, you know, most people, you know, they, they think about, they say this, I don't know who they are, but they say, you know, most people they look for, like, that's the moment of their life, their wedding, their this, they're finding their soulmate and all the things. And like, I, you just can't half-ass it. I'm sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. Well, maybe, maybe he has a very good reason. Maybe there's like something specific that she likes that is available in Colombia and he's going to get it there. And that's why he waited. So I'm going to give Gabe some leeway. Maybe there's a reason. Okay. There's a reason why he didn't get a ring. Maybe there's like something special that he likes or he knows that she wants to go shopping for it. So he's waited to do it with her. I'm, I'm going to give Gabe the benefit of the doubt. Okay. I love that for you. <laughs> I love that for you. That makes no sense to me at all. So go ahead and do that before you drive to L wherever they went. Do all that before yes. you throw the I'm about to propose word out there. Like, no, thank you. Oh, you guys are Stacey Cruz. Hello, Linda and April. You both look so beautiful. We must be doing something right today. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you okay, so he wants to propose. He has no ring yet. And here's what the other thing that I was like, oh, hell to the nah. So Trey thinks A, it's too quick. He thinks that Isabel um, is too possessive. He doesn't like the fact that Isabel doesn't like him. And then puts out some type of like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you know, when someone gives you like, I'm blanking right now. You know, when someone gives you like an option, you got to do this or this, what am I saying? Ultimatum, no? Ultimatum, that part. Okay. Trey gives out an ultimatum and says, well, would you give up our friendship for the relationship? Um, what? Yeah. Who are you? Cause yes. like, like Drake says, no new friends. <laughs> First of all, we don't even know who you are, Trey. You came in for two minutes. You already have demands. You're coming in hot. You're saying all the things that I don't like. And also you're like judging a relationship that like, first of all, who are you? Yeah. Do you know anything about the 90 day fandom? Because what we don't like is new people that we have to learn your name. We don't know <laughs> nothing about you. And then we don't see you for another episode. Mm -hmm. No, mm -hmm. what you're not about to do is tell us and the person that we're following what they should be doing. So you're going to say, are you going to give up this friendship? Hell yeah. Gabe is going to give up this nonsense friendship. Thought? Yeah. It's weird to me that he immediately <laughs> went negative. He didn't even say like, 
Bye, Dre. Bye. He didn't even say like, oh, wow, that's exciting. That's that's good for you. What made you decide that? How are you feeling? He just went immediately went negative. Yeah, because he's he's a hater. He's a hater. He brought in that hater energy. That's why I was like, mm, I'm not feeling this dude whatsoever. Not feeling so, him. <clears throat> the other thing is, if Trey's really your boy and y'all been so tight, you live you live in the same apartment building, y'all poop together, you guys play football together, you guys are this and that, and then Trey has the audacity to say, hey, I'm putting this ultimatum out there, but then Trey doesn't even know that you're trans and you then tell him in the moment. And I actually wanted to ask you, April, what did you think of Trey's response? Well, okay, so I I thought his response was going to be harsh. Um, and it wasn't. So I was glad that he wasn't like, wait a minute, you know, why didn't you tell me or have something negative to say? He kind of just went with it. But then he said something. I'm not going to remember. He said, I had no idea because he plays football. Yes, that was it. Like that, that part of it, I was like, well, that makes no sense. And I actually was talking uh, last week to a friend of mine who played on our football team when we were in middle school. She's a girlfriend of mine who played football. More girls would play football if it was an option for us. But um, yeah, that part was really weird. But again, like I don't hold people's first responses against them generally. And in this case, I don't like the fact that Gabe gave him this information for the first time on TV. Because what if he did have an initial bad reaction that wasn't where he landed, you know, long in the long run, that would have really hurt him for that to be on TV. You are, again, you guys, you, I'm really learning to be a better person with my friendship with April <laughs> um, because that's absolutely not how I felt. I felt like, A, I am definitely judging Trey on his first appearance on international TV and I didn't like his vibe. And for him to put out a stereotype that what, only guys can play football, only guys follow football, yeah. To me. But I have to think about the things that I've done in the past and how I've not reacted properly in the past, but I love my friends and I've landed in different places as the years have gone by. And if my first response to some of the things that I learned was on TV, it would been it would be horrible for me. And like I said, that's why I feel like you're such a great person. <laughs> I really do because I I I think I just jump in whatever I feel like the moment is and sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad but I will tell you guys this and those of you guys have been watching for a long time my gut instinct is 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 like razor sharp. Yeah, but I still don't like him though. I still don't like him. <laughs> so my um my gut with Trey is he's no bueno but that's just me. So Gabe goes on to say, hey, the part of the reason why he told Trey is because he's struggling with the fact that he wants to tell Isabel's parents that he's trans. And Trey says, don't tell the parents. You need to wait a couple of years. And Gabe is like, no, I don't want to go back to hiding. Like, I want everything on the table. I've had a rough time. I didn't come out late to later in life. So what I'm not about to do is hide who I truly am. And Trey's like, well, how 
do you think her, her dad's going to handle it? You know, this is a very patriarchal culture and he's not going to handle it very well. So I don't think he should do it. Thoughts, April? I am not Colombian, obviously, but I'm a little bit stumped when people talk about how patriarchal the culture is because I feel like they're a lot more handsy and friendly and huggy and lovey than the U.S. is in general, like general U.S. culture. We don't kiss each other when we see each other. And I see a lot of affection passing between men that is okay. It's not like here it would be, people would be homophobic towards that kind of, of, of stuff. So that part um, throws me off a little bit from my own observations. Um, but I also, again, like Trey immediately goes negative. Yeah, because he's a hater. Trey's a hater. I said it and I'm sticking to it. No new friends, like Drake said. No new friends. Yeah. All right, so he's not offering anything helpful. He's, you know, it's, I don't know. But how how helpful is he supposed to be when he just got this information? I don't know. Well, I, and I think that that's a great question, April. However, is it a question that he needs to be asking because this is not his relationship? Right? Also so that. you deal with you deal with your relationship with Gabe. I understand that part. Go ahead and take a moment and digest the fact that your bestie just told you that he was trans. I, yeah. I totally get that. Take a moment, deal with that. Have a separate conversation about you and your relationship. What you're not about to do is tell Gabe in his relationship what he should and shouldn't do. So he shouldn't tell the parents. He shouldn't uh, come out because... It's a patriarchal society. He's going to go ahead and say, um, you know, only men play football. He's going to go ahead and say that Isabel is too possessive. He's going to go ahead and say, oh, are you going to choose this friendship or are you going to choose your relationship? All of those things I didn't like. To me, I feel like he has this weird, like, passive aggressiveness towards Gabe. Like, I'm going to control this relationship. I'm going to control this friendship. And you kind of need me because you're just like new here. That's the vibe. Yeah. yeah. He has actually yeah, that um, part. Yeah. He also gave bad advice, but I, I think it goes with what v Vanessa said right here. What you just said, it goes really well together. Maybe we've seen in previous episodes where Gabe and Isabel, to some degree, are attached to this idea that in order to prove that he's a man, he has to be a certain way and have certain interests. So maybe this friendship for him is one of validation that he is a man. Right. And uh, maybe he'll grow out of it. Right. So, and for those of you guys who are listening to the podcast, the comment says, I feel like he's a character and maybe Gabe is attracted to super toxic alpha males for friends. So he's been in Colombia. Gabe's been in Colombia for two weeks and they are meeting up with friends at quote their spot. So they have a spot uh, in Colombia that was like their first date spot, the spot that they always go to when they're like hanging out. They really love this spot. Um, and so we have Trey coming. We also have uh, one of her friends coming that I'll catch the name later. Trey shows up first. And what we find out is Isabel doesn't like anything about Trey. <laughs> thinks that he's a womanizer. He gave those vibes. Thinks that he's a dog. Well, that's the stereotype of woman womanizers. 
he's always with different women, which is what I'm saying. Like, worry about your own damn self. Worry about your relationships and why you're running through women. Um, and then she feels like he's a bad influence and doesn't like the friendship that Trey and Gabe have. So all of those things. Did you want to say anything about that, April? So, okay, when he first came in, he's coming in with the energy like, I know that she doesn't like me, right? One of those reasons why she says because they get together, they speak English and she's confused. She doesn't know what's going on. So if you both know that, Gabe knows that, Trey knows that, speak Spanish. It's not that hard. Like if you're around her, you know that she has this issue, just only speak Spanish with her and don't be giving each other signals and eyes at each other because that's going to make her uncomfortable as well. So everyone is aware that this issue is going on, but they're making it seem like it's only Isabel's problem. It's only her insecurity. No, if you're my partner and you want to make sure I'm comfortable, you tell him when Isabel's at the table, we only speak Spanish. The end. The end. That's it. I agree with you 100%. Hey, Wonderlust, um, <clears throat> Jessica is going to throw in the alternate. She's like, or she could learn or should learn English since Mateo knew English. That's fair. That's a fair enough point. Uh, however, I will say this, Jessica, I, I, I think that both partners should learn each other's language. But when you're in a country where the predominant language is Spanish, I mean, you can't fault her for speaking the language of her country, right? Like, I get what you're saying, though. Like, take the time and learn English, just like Gabe took the time to learn Spanish. But like, if you're sitting in a restaurant in Colombia, it's not, it's not something that is like oh it's so terrible that you're speaking spanish that being said what i didn't like about trey is that he came in yes with the fact that hey isabel doesn't like me well if isabel doesn't like you why don't you try to work on that relationship and figure out why she doesn't like you and discuss that right so mm -hmm. if you guys can communicate and figure out what the source of the issue is then perhaps you can get past it um because you know Quite frankly, Trey, you don't make a great first impression, in my opinion. Second of all, I didn't like the fact that he came in saying that that was their spot, meaning it was Trey and Gabe's spot. Because to me, that is also isolating. You're like making it so that, oh, why did you bring your woman here? Because this is yep. where we come. Exactly. And we come here as two single men and we can do whatever we want. And you know what I like to drink? I like to drink margarita. Like all of that. No, that's, yeah. that's his future fiance. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't I'm like any time partners make jokes at the expense of the other partner. It's very awkward for me when I'm in those situations. Yeah, I just, I just was like, oh, okay, you're gonna be that dude. Fine. So, <clears throat> Gabe is like shushing Trey. He's like, oh no, don't do that. You know, don't do that. Don't make it so like she doesn't, she doesn't know we come here separately and apart from her. So he's shushing him. And she's like, well, why are you shushing him? You know, when you do that, it makes me feel like you guys are being secretive and there's something that you're not telling mm -hmm. me. And I felt that too. I felt like, yeah. let's stay. Like, what's the big deal? Okay, so we come here. We yeah. hang out here. Why is I, that not a secret? Isabel expressed herself so well in the moment. I was proud of her. A lot of people would just sit there and feel bad, but she spoke up for herself of exactly how she was feeling and asked for an answer, and I loved it. Agreed. 
agreed. She's she's literally saying, this is my issue with you, which is what I just said. Communicate, use your words. Because if you have a, a problem with someone, if you have an issue with someone, you're not going to get past that issue unless you communicate what that issue is. None of us are mind readers. And then you throw in the language barrier. She's trying her hardest to say, hey, listen, I don't like that you guys are secretive. And it was clear that Trey knew a little bit of Spanish and knew that what secretive was. Mm -hmm. Yet he didn't feel like he needed to clarify. And I thought that that was weird. Yeah. So she goes on to say, um, you know, I don't like secrets. And he's like, well, what, what is it about me that you don't like? And she was honest to him and direct. She said, I think you're a liar. And because you're a liar, you make Gabe a liar too, which she wasn't far for, wrong from because here we are again in a situation where I felt you guys are making a bigger issue of nothing. So, so what you guys come here? She doesn't own mm -hmm. the spot. And even mm -hmm. if she owned the spot, she would happy to have patrons in, in her restaurant or bar or whatever it was. So how about instead of making it a big deal, be like, hey, like I said, we come here too. So now it's all of our spots. Right. They blew it out of proportion by not just answering her question and she expressed herself very well. So that was wholly unnecessary yep. for all of that to happen. And then Mateo, poor Mateo comes in like, there's tension. <laughs> yeah. So what I thought was interesting too, before we get to Mateo, was that Gabe kind of sided with Trey. So Gabe feels like Isabel's just being jealous. And she's like, no, I'm not being jealous. I just don't like secrets. Mm -hmm. And then instead of, again, Trey, in my opinion, making the situation better, he makes it worse by saying, well, don't you trust him? Don't you trust Gabe? Oh, so you're now putting doubts in a relationship again that you're not involved in? Yeah. You're so not involved in this relationship. I just want to be clear about that. There are two people and it's not, you're not one of them. Right. So this whole interaction gave us a good idea of why Isabel does not like this friendship. Yeah. Gabe has been an attentive and loving person. And then all of a sudden we see him with Trey and this other personality that's like, I want to please Trey. Excellent. I want point. Trey to be my friend becomes more important than how Isabel is feeling sitting right beside you. Excellent point. Excellent point. So Mateo shows up, feels the tension in the air, and wants to know what's going on. Um, and Trey, because Trey's being Trey, decides instead of dealing with the issue, he brings up the fact that there's another big secret out there that he just found out about, the fact that um, Gabe is trans, right? And he's like, that's the big secret. Then brings up the whole, what's your dad going to say to Isabel? Um, and Isabel acknowledges that her dad is not open-minded, that he's very religious and very conservative. And so Trey's like, well, what will you do if your dad doesn't accept Gabe? She doesn't know. Her family and parents, she says, is a, very important to her. Um, and they've been right about her past relationships. So she values their opinion. Um, what were your thoughts on that? And how do you think that you would handle that if that was an issue? I think it's um, I think it's a little bit on her. I think there are some things she could have done over the past several months or years to start trying to bring up the issue 
um, and feel her parents out a little bit more, introduce them to some things to make things easier for herself and for Gabe. Um, and then I also think it's not the kind of question that she can truthfully answer because she hasn't, there's been no gauge for her. If she had some kind of gauge out there where she had tried to talk to them about it, not even directly about Gabe, but just like issues in general, she'd have a better gauge of what might happen, but she doesn't have one because she hasn't done that. And what would I do if I was in this situation? It's hard for me because I don't have any like severe difference of opinion about things than my parents. Mm. So I'm trying to, I'm trying, my parents have come like a really long way over the years. You know, my dad passed away not that long ago, but even before that he was in, um, he was, he fought in Vietnam. Mm, I should phrase that differently. He was in Vietnam. And when he came back, one of the things that was always impressed upon him that he shared with us was seeing how the homosexual men in the military were treated. And he said there was no reason for them to be treated so poorly. And, you know, they all had to share the same facilities. They all were in the same struggle. They all had the same mental health concerns coming back. And he didn't like that they were treated so badly. And he always shared that with us openly that, you know, nobody should be treated poorly. Um, just because of their sexual preference. So I'm just trying to think, like, I think the the biggest thing that a uh, conversation I had with my parents was actually when I dated a white guy. So, <laughs> and my dad said, I mean, initially they weren't, my mom didn't care. I don't think my dad was not super happy about it, but eventually he was like, well, you tried black guys and it didn't work out. So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's funny, babe. Um, again, you know, if I love, thank you so much for being here and being the co-host on the show because you really just, uh, you, you know what it is, you guys. You know how I normally like just blurt out stuff, and then April looks at me and be like, "That's not what I think." <laughs> now I've learned that let me let April speak common sense first. Let me put my listening ears on, and then I'll give my response. But my response still is this: What the f have y'all been doing in these long distance relationships? All you have is time. All yes. you do is talk. You Facetime. You text. You talk. What the? What have you been doing? What have you been doing that you guys haven't had these conversations? What I don't like surprise or no surprise is like you're making it harder for everyone involved including yourself your family so your family's already in love with gabe you've had months at the very least to warm them up to hey this some an alternative type of lifestyle or or having at least some conversations to see where they land and stand so that it's not one big, huge surprise. And it won't be even worse because they already love the person. Exactly. That's the part that I don't, like, what have y'all been doing? Yeah. That's what I, I don't understand. Like, yeah. as y'all know, I'm super private, so I'm not going to throw all my stuff out there. But I will say this. If I'm dating you, we're having some conversations mm -hmm. and we're having some conversations up front. And I'm starting to have those conversations with like my best friend, with my family, so that they're starting to think about, okay, so who is this person? So there's some backstory, some history. So it's not like, hey, oh, by the way, oh yeah, Linda ran out to Vegas and married so-and-so and you're, you guys are all surprised. Who's so-and-so? Mm -hmm. I didn't hear about this person. What? Ooh, ah! 
it's common it's common sense you all have all this time i'm just trying to figure out what it is that you all doing yeah yeah and even if like you're just talking about like news or what's going on in the world like just approaching the idea i'm i'm just confused about why it hasn't gone that way welcome to patreon wonderlust we had an amazing show this weekend so if you haven't caught the replay yet wonderlust go ahead and eat your wheaties because there's a lot going on <laughs> anywho okay so uh now it's three weeks in colombia and they're on route to el carmen to see the family what i totally love and i talk about all the time Isabel was driving, right? So the person that actually lives in the country is actually driving. Mm -hmm. uh, Amanda says the news and gossip really gave it really, <laughs> y'all. Okay, I'm just, it really did. It really, <laughs> really. April, April knows a little bit about it, about of the news and gossip. Un poquito. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. News and Gossip is one of my favorite shows to do because some of the stuff you guys is stuff that you guys are just never going to hear anywhere. And uh, some of it is is personal and some of it is uh, you can ask you can ask the girls, Vanessa, Wonderlust. I don't know who else is in the chat, but um, stuff that I'll, I tell them and t we all talk about and we've known April for months and we all keep mums the word and then when it breaks nationally and all of a sudden it's a social media phenomenon we're all sitting back like remember <laughs> when <laughs> i knew that back way when i knew yeah. that back when so that being said um gabe wants to propose uh he wants to tell the family that he's trans and he wants to get the blessing so those are three goals for coming to the family home. They get there and like April said, it's all hugs and kisses all the way around, right? And so we're talking about um, Colombia being a patriarchal society. You don't really see in America, men embracing other men like that and it not having to be a thing. The mm -hmm. dad embraced Gabe, there were kisses, there were hugs, the son, all the things, the mom, everyone, right? There were outward, um, shows of affection mm -hmm. which you know i don't think is necessarily something that is 100 embraced in the u.s no so um parents love gabe uh they've gotten to know him they think that he's one of uh isabel's better relationships uh they do want to respect the house so even though gabe and isabel live together in their apartment with the kids while they're at the house they want to respect the house so uh, Gabe and Is Isabel have to sleep in separate quarters. And the dad is like, you know, listen, I want to know what your plans for the future are. You know, ask Isabel and the kids how they feel about the future. I loved all those things. I liked the conversations that they were having as a family. Gabe is like, you know, what do you expect and what do you want for your daughter for a future partner? The dad says, I want the partner to love Isabel, respect Isabel, and value her. Those are the three things that are important to me. And then he says, and have God in your heart, right? Because he is also very religious. Now, one of the things that I didn't appreciate, and I and I really, I, I guess I want to have your guys' opinion on it. So here's the thing, like I am a believer 100%. 
And I often find that in present day, having faith, believing in God or whatever you believe you believe in um, is often intertwined with quote unquote religion. Um, and I do think for me, that is a diff it's different. So structured religion, organized religion, I personally think is different than uh, just being a believer. Um, I think that you can embrace religion but again they're separate things so it's it's unfortunate when i hear stuff like gabe said that when he gets trolled online or when he has a when he gets bullied online 90 percent of it comes from religious people now i don't know you know that's his story so i can't take that away from him but it's unfortunate that it's being tied to people who are believers because i think that as a believer and someone who believes in god that i know that i'm not a bully and i don't bully anyone and i'm more embracing and trying to accept and trying to understand and learn so that i can be a better person because anyone who who believes in god and this is not supposed to be this totally like thing but i feel led to say this and so i'm going to say it um you know being a christian 101 you don't judge anyone it's not your place to judge all you're supposed to do is love your neighbor as you love yourself that's it that is all i have to say about that do you want to add anything april i think the biblical jesus that i was exposed to as a youngin would not be um proud of a lot of the people who do things in his name today, because the biblical Jesus that I learned about um, cavorted around with lepers and prostitutes and um, people of low social class or that would have been considered outcast and did not treat them any differently than anyone else. And there's no... Um, there's no indication that I recall ever being taught that if you wanted people to believe in him, that you did that by harassing them or telling them they're going to hell. I don't recall ever being taught a time where Jesus directly told someone or insinuated you're going to hell if you don't believe in me or repent or believe in my father. And um, I think it's incredibly sad that that is what we see a lot of people doing in his name today and not just in this context. Um, I have a big secret. Oh Lord. Linda doesn't know this, but I'm like, I'm so quiet every time she talks about God because I'm an atheist. Oh Lord. <laughs> That's my big secret. But I did grow up going to church and I was, always very interested in the history of it and the Bible of it. I participated in every single read the Bible from front to back, you know, a summer service that there was because I was just that interested in the history and the story. And, um, you know, if you just look at Jesus as a historical figure, as opposed to a religious figure, you still get the same lesson from it. The lesson you get from it is this is a person who existed and walked the earth in love 100% of the time. There was never any condemnation. It was always, how can I save you? How can I make your life better? That, that's it. And I will say, 
in all of my Christian love that I love that. I think that that's one of the reasons, just like you said, one of the reasons that we probably come together, right? <laughs> to have the discussions, to talk about it. And we have to just all embrace each other for in love. Do you know what I mean? Because that's the common denominator in my opinion is to love on each other and to respect each other and to respect each other's opinions and ideas and all learn from each other. So I see you guys all in the live chat, all the things. And I, I think again, that's why having these discussions are important. We don't, we may not see eye to eye on everything, but we're having the conversations. And I think that's the part that uh, is important to me. And I love the fact that you and I are becoming friends and we're like, oh Lord, this is that, this is that. <laughs> like um, I hope she doesn't hate me now, but of course yeah. not, because then I would be a hypocrite. You see what I'm saying? I would absolutely be a hypocrite to be like, oh, I can't believe it. Like, who am, who am I to judge you? The last thing that I did before I left church altogether was this class called Sharing Jesus Without Fear, because the church that I went to would have Bible study classes that were broken down into different topics. Mm -hmm. And my favorite thing about that class was every single time that you decide to talk about Jesus with somebody or share it, you're, you do it in a context where you're not telling them they're wrong about something. You do it like in a loving context. And um, I like that. I, I carried it with me, even though I'm not a believer anymore. I carry with me this idea that just share like a loving context with someone. If you're sharing a thing with them, share in a loving context. That's why yeah. I like Lock Venom's uh, Instagram account so much. People spew so much venom against them. And when he when when they repost it, they always repost it and start off by saying, you know, I love you too. I see the beauty in you, no matter how harsh the thing is that they're saying about a lot. It's beautiful. Yeah, there, yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna leave it at that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spread love, y'all. Spread love. Just like Tommy <laughs> says. Yes, okay. We're moving on to Jen and Richie. Go home, beloved. Just go home, beloved. I okay. I have a lot of things to say about this, but go ahead, Craig. I have a lot of need, Yeah, we need a lot of your input because I I just think this whole thing was ridiculous, in my opinion. There were a lot of things that I was like, "Oh, Jen, you perplex me." So first. Um, you know, they were fighting, they're meeting up and she's noticing there's like monkeys and cows and animals all around and she's not used to it, she says. And then I'm like, but you live on a farm. <laughs> so like, what part of the animals are you not used to? <laughs> Just because you're in a different country, animals are animals no matter where you go. So you, you don't have a cow on your farm, Jen? <laughs> okay. So um, she's, having, she's saying that she's absolutely against being in a joint family. She won't like it. Um, he says, you know, I really think you should think about it. You know, you and you should miss two master's degree because you've never done it. So how do you know you're not going to like it? Because you've only been there for a couple of weeks and you're living in your own apartment. And to me, that sounds like you're stuck in your own American ways. How do you know you're not going to like it? You might know yourself. And you might have lived on your own, but you're also someone who says that you're well-educated and well-traveled. So perplexing. Yeah. Not she goes on to say that she feels like he's not compromising 
And he says, okay, well, what can I do for you? And I can give you, he says, all the love and all the affection. And she says, well, I love you, but I have to love myself. And in loving myself, I know that I don't want to live in a joint family. What are your thoughts so far, April? I think it's good for her to assess this boundary and say it out loud, because I think the fear would be that if she said, okay, let me try it out, then she'd never be able to get out of the family house. What, how, how, why would she not ever be able to get out? Well, it's kind of similar to like Nicole and Mahmood. So she says originally she's going to wear the hijab and then she decides she doesn't like it. And now they're having all these fights because once upon a time she said she would do it and he can't get it out of his mind that once upon a time she said she would do it. Um, I think they're totally different situations personally. I think that Jen um, is definitely like, she knows exactly what she wants, whether she's open to other things or not. I think that Nicole's a hot mess. I think Nicole comes off as um, entitled and I think that she has her own rules and those rules change like the wind. And she, what's the saying? And I know you guys know that I'm terrible at sayings, but the saying is something like this. Like, if you don't stand for something, you fall for everything. That's her to me. Like she doesn't have, she doesn't stand in any type of belief in my opinion. She just goes, whatever feels good in the moment, that's what I'm going to go with. And I'm just a victim and you're playing games with me and I can't believe it. I can't, how dare you be Muslim in Egypt? And I just like all of it. No, I I struck a nerve. (laughs) I just, oh, it did because I don't, I don't like fair weather people and I don't like fair weather people who then blame others for their own inadequacies. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And Wonderless says, we need a go home, my love emoji. That part. We do. We do need one. So, um, in saying that she has to love herself, we're back at Jen. Um, he's like, well, I'm willing to live separate from my family. If uh, that means that I ha- if I have to choose, I'm going to choose you. She doesn't really believe him. Uh, because, you know, actions speak louder than words. But he says he's willing to risk his family because he loves her, but he needs more time. And then I was like, ooh, that sounds like submit. Where Also, they're not really talking about the real issue. She just doesn't want to wake up at four o'clock to make tea and cook all the food and wash all the clothes. Like, he's probably thinking, okay, yes, I'll live apart from my family, but you're still going to do all those things for me in this house. They're not talking about the real issue, in my opinion. So Vanessa's saying something similar to what you're saying. Wasn't Jen living with family when we met her or no? Maybe she just doesn't want to live with someone else's family. Yes, she was living at home with her own family. And maybe she doesn't want to live with someone else's family. And maybe she doesn't want to, like April said, wake up and and make tea and breakfast and all the stuff for other people. Which, you know, it is her right i suppose um (laughs) he's willing to risk his family for her um but he wants more time and like i said i just really got submit and jenny vibes where you're telling jenny to wait to wait to wait to wait i'm not gonna tell the family i'm gonna tell the family and 
six months becomes a year, a year becomes two years, two years becomes five years, five years becomes 10 years, and it's like a whole thing. That's the vibe that I was getting from that. Um, and then we find out, which is where I'm going to definitely need April to, to jump in. So Jen says she has to leave the country in a week. So she has a four-month visa, she said, but she has to leave every 30 days. So she goes to meet with an immigration attorney um, and they ask her all the questions like, why are you in India? She says, I'm in India for a relationship. She's approaching her 30 day mark, which she knows that she now has to leave the country. She wants to not go all the way back to the US, wants to go somewhere closer because she doesn't have to travel as far. Um, and they're like, well, what's your like game plan? She's like, I want to stay here forever. Inshallah, she says. Um, and, you know, I'm here because I have a fiance here. They ask her, well, when are you getting married? She's like, I don't know. I'm not ready to get married right now. That's all I know. And <clears throat> the lawyer is like, this situation is not really like a flat situation. It's very fluid. Uh, if you leave the country, you have to apply for a new tourist visa, he says. And your tourist visa, as he's looking at it, is a single entry visa. So there's not multiple in and out. It's one. Yes. And so he says, once you're out, your visa is invalid. And so I had some questions about that, but I'll just finish this off. So one of the things that she didn't read about her visa, you guys, it was a 30-day visa. So I don't know where she got four months from, but it was a 30-day visa. And she didn't read the fine print. And the attorney's like, you know, I don't know how she comes to India does and is a fiance, but doesn't know when she's going to get married, doesn't know if she wants to get married, has a tourist visa that's 30 days, but she thinks it's for four months, didn't read the fine print to know that it was a single entry visa. He goes on to say, quote, I think this is crazy American behavior, doesn't know when she's getting married. That's crazy. All of that being said, <clears throat> I was like, Okay, so then he says, the lawyer says, the safest option is to go back to your country. We can't change that situation. The situation, it is what it is. And I was like, I don't understand how we got here again. She's another prime example. It's like, what the fuck have you, excuse my language, what have you been doing for the last two years in this long distance relationship? And then you say you're moving, you're telling everyone that you have two master's degrees. So you're implying that you have some, semblance of common sense and knowledge and intelligence, but then you get this visa for 30 days, but you don't read what the visa entails. You say you're moving to a whole other country across the, the world, but you don't put any effort into finding out what exactly it is you need to do to live there. Make it make sense, April. Make it make sense. There, there is no sense to be made. First of all, it's not fine print. It's on the embassy website. So <laughs> what is tourist, it? Yeah, for tourist visas for India, for US um, citizens and residents was actually suspended during COVID um, because they were more serious about protecting people from COVID than the US was in their opinion. And so they singled out US citizens as people who could not travel to India and suspended all 10-year uh, visas. And then they started this program, which is right here on their website, that issued e-tourist visas, which is what she had. 
Um, the e-tourist visa has now at this point been discontinued, but at that time it was a single entry visa that was either for one month um, or one year. So she had a one month single entry and it's explained right here on the front page. Um, now 10 year visas are back for US citizens, but uh, as of uh, March 28th, 2022, only the single entry visa was available. And so that, that would have been the only thing she could have applied for. The other thing that I wanna say something about is look, I don't offend Americans often, but when he said, this is some American nonsense, the way she's just like flying by super pants, people come to the United States and do that as well. It's not American nonsense. It is passport privilege. There are so many people who come to the U.S. on ESTA from European countries, or they come to the U.S. on a 10-year visa, and they pay no attention to the fact that just because it's for 10 years, doesn't mean you can just stay as long as you want to during that time. So that is not an American thing. I've had multiple calls from Canadians. I will have had people who are just realizing in their eighth month that they can't stay in the U.S. as long as they want to. And they're like, oh, I just thought because I was Canadian, I can just do it. No, you can't. <laughs> I'm I'm not saying a word. I'm just gonna go by the immigration attorney's opinion. I'm not gonna say a word about this. I do think that it was irresponsible of her to not understand where she was. Now, that being said, if I look at the grand scheme of thing, from the very beginning, I didn't really feel like she was actually moving. I don't, I didn't get that vibe that she was, this was the last time she was going to see her family, that she was picking up and going to India and she was never coming back. Like, I just did not get that vibe from her. And then, you know, they rented this Airbnb because I'm convinced it's an Airbnb, not a long-term apartment. And then she's like, I'm going to be there for four months. But knowing that she had to leave in 30 days, all of it just didn't make sense to me. So, like, if you knew that you had to go out in 30 days and then come back, then what are you going to do? Because you already just told us that you were giving Rishi until the summer to tell the family that you guys were engaged. So if you go back home, it doesn't matter because he's not going to tell the family anyway. So why be there anyways? Go home. Go all the way home, let him figure it out. So you're giving him a couple of months and in the couple of months, use your two master's degrees to find out when you can now then get another visa. And like April saying, if they're giving out the 10 year visas now, then go ahead and wait for that. And that way you've given yourself enough time to figure out if you're gonna marry this man and to figure out if he's actually gonna tell his family. I feel like I've, I've solved the issue. Yeah, I think you've solved the problem, yes. <laughs> So she spends the next day, <laughs> go home, my love. <laughs> Somebody put the house in the chat. Uh, and that, it's time for the house. Uh, Wonderless says, if I was moving my entire life to another country, trust and believe, I would be reading every line on my visa, that part. So the next day, um, Jen is spending the entire day talking about how she feels dumb for not looking more closely at her visa with her two master's degrees because she wants to remind us that she has two. 
Uh, she tells Rishi about her immigration status, how it was a single entry visa. Uh, so she has to go back to the U.S. and she's going to have to go back like within the week. And then she, what I thought was interesting, she blames it on the laws of India, which April just shared what they were. And she blames it on COVID and then says that she doesn't know when she's going to be able to come back. And then this was the truth part. So all of that was filler because I didn't hear those uh, immigration attorneys tell her what she told Rishi about the laws and COVID. This is the truth. When she let it slip that it will be hard for her to be motivated to come back, that's what the truth is. Yes. That's the truth. She doesn't know if she wants to put the work in and she doesn't want to put the work in. If you look at her track record, because she went ahead and got a visa, didn't know anything about the visa, didn't know it was a 30 day visa, said she was moving across the world, but really wasn't moving across the world because you let this man pick out an apartment and then none of the things that you require in the apartment were there and then you want to bitch about it. But if you were really moving you would be having those conversations with your life partner. Show yes. me the pictures. We all have phones now. Go ahead and put me on FaceTime, on live chat, whatever you want to do, and swing that bad boy around so I can see what the apartment looks like. Let yes. me take a look at this visa. Let me go down to the embassy. Make sure that I know exactly what I need to do because I'm leaving, I'm leaving my life and starting a whole new life in a different country. And, or you could just be like, I'm going to get this visa and I'm going to wing it. She could have gone somewhere else. Like she is, she didn't seem like she was really trying to brainstorm other ideas. I actually met someone in Morocco who had been refused uh, entry into India. And so he came to Morocco while he waited for, um, what happened was he didn't have the space in his passport they were asking for. So he was waiting in Morocco to get a new passport issued to go back. So she doesn't have to go all the way back to the United States. She's just, she's not even trying to brainstorm other ideas. Yes, because she doesn't really want to, y'all. This this is, it's a setup. <laughs> the setup. So she doesn't know um, when she'll be back, if she'll be back. And he's like, you know what? I don't want to lose you. I hope we'll make it work. I love you. Love is hard to find. Um and then all I have to say about this is this is my note. My note says two years of going through this and you both didn't do your research. Shaking my damn head. That's yeah. yeah, she didn't read it and he didn't ask her because I would have asked if somebody was moving to the U.S. to come live with me. I'd be asking what kind of visa are you coming on or, you know, what are the rules for that if I don't understand it? Yep. On normal conversation. 100% normal conversation. And anyone that's kind of going through that, you guys, we have an immigration attorney right here in April. Go ahead and reach out to her. Go ahead and do your research. Don't be that person that doesn't do the research. Talk to an expert and figure it out. Yes. I do free consultations, guys. I'll answer your questions anytime. There you go. On to Debbie and Osama. Just want to let you know that Debbie's my new favorite. I love, <laughs> I love everything about Debbie. I love the way she talks, which is so over the top. I love the way she dresses or her frocks and her jewelry and all the things. That yeah. being said, <laughs> oh, and Joslo says, and yes. totally forgot that. Yes. Joslo and Patricia, I totally forgot he is an attorney. So why are what y'all? 
I wonder what kind of attorney he is because why didn't she go to him either, right? Like maybe he's not an immigration attorney, but he is an attorney. So maybe he knows some other attorneys as well. Good point, Joslo and Patricia. All right. So I loved how they opened with the blanking blanket making. I thought that was super cool. I would I want to do that loom thing where you're like weaving mm -hmm. in and out. I, I want to make a blanket. Um <clears throat> they're in the car. Debbie is acting like a kid. And are we there yet? Are we there yet? <laughs> But she also does say that she feels safe. She feels secure. She feels at home. Everything is going to be okay. She feels like a young woman again. And she feels like her future is bright. And they have so much good to do in the world. And uh, he kind of like poo-poo's all of her love and joy and energy because she sees a cow she's like oh you know look at that cow and he's like you know what get ready to milk cows when we get to the farm <laughs> oh debbie uh hey latanya so then they're gonna spend a couple of days in rabout and then they're gonna go and meet usama's mom and dad then they're going to get married. This is all according to Debbie. Then they're going to move back to uh, Rabat and live happily ever after. She's the only one on that plan. She is the only one on that plan. She's the only one that came up with that plan. <laughs> Meanwhile, Osama uh, is talking about what he expects in a wife. And he expects Debbie to be, quote, half a Moroccan woman, which... I mean, I don't even know what that means, but that's what he wants. He's expecting her to cook traditional cultural food, clean, and um, like do his laundry, all mm. the things for him. Uh, let's not forget that he's 24 and lives at home. Uh, but all the traditional roles, that's what he's expecting from her. And she's like, you know what? I, I mean, I can all I can do is try, right? So... He says, you know, we'll do this when we get back to the house. His mom, just like with Jen, some role model there is going to teach the American how to be. Um, <laughs> you know what? I'm ignoring the live chat right now. So someone is going to teach the American how to be a great wife. Um so Debbie's like, well, that's fine. You know, I'm open to learning and I'm open to, to learning how to cook. You know, it can't be that hard. Is it that hard? And he's like, no, it's not that hard. And okay, then you do it. Oh, whoa. Okay, you do it. It's not that hard. You do it. I can't stand when men talk about what they want a wife and they're basically talking about a maid. Okay, but April 2, don't you think that in different cultures, you have to respect whatever that culture is? April, well-traveled um, April, commonsensical April. There is culture and tradition, and then there is asking your wife to be a maid. Like, what part of culture and tradition needs to be preserved where one person is consistently subservient? Like, literally, like, do we truly accept, do we, this is a real question, do we truly accept that because of culture, 
because of where I happen to be born, that I am going to be required at some point in my life to wake up at four o'clock in the morning to make tea and breakfast for everybody else in the house. Are you asking me that question? Yes, seriously, just by circumstance of my birth, that that is going to be assigned to me culturally. Yes, in some countries, yes. And that's just acceptable because of circumstance of where I was born. In those countries, yes, because that's what those women also grew I up to believe. Can't do it. I can I can understand if somebody decides this is what I love doing. I love cooking. I love preparing things for my family. That's what I want to do. But if you are raised to believe that and think that, then how are you all of a sudden not going to believe those things? There are people who grow up in these countries and these conditions who decide in and of themselves, like Malala, I should be able to go to school. Just because I'm a girl doesn't mean I shouldn't be able to go to school. And I agree with that. I agree that women should be able to do what they want, when they want, and how they want. But I don't agree that every single woman believes that making tea for the family is is a bad, subservient thing. I think that some women are okay with, and I'll go far as, as enjoy being a caregiver type of person. So, I think everyone should have a choice. That's that's what I'm saying. I'm that's what I'm saying. So I when I say to you that I don't agree that every single woman feels like ah then I can't believe you believe this and you can do this. I don't believe that. I think that there are are a vast array of women that some do what you want, do what you love, and if you love that, just like how people try to act like stay at home moms don't have a job. Some women. It's okay that they want to stay at home. And guess what? It's a job raising children. Mm -hmm. It's a job. And it takes a lot of effort and energy. And yes, if that I is do. your life goal, then that's that's okay. Just like to me, if ha living in a multi-generational family house and you grew up thinking and believing that, you know, my contribution to this family is going to raise the kids and cook and clean for my spouse and and that is what I want to do. And that's what truly makes me happy. Then I think that that's okay. I think if you chose it, then it's always okay. But I think if it is a cultural pressure, then I don't, I don't like it. I won't say it's not okay. I just say, I don't like it as a cultural pressure because it's very difficult for someone to find themselves and see themselves with the pressure of culture on them. And I think we all lose, we all lose as a society when we repress a person by circumstance of their gender or location of birth to only having smaller aspirations than what they could have chosen. But April. Not smaller as in like it's not important. Okay. Smaller as in as in there's this box, this there's this box that you can belong to as opposed to you having the wider options available. Not smaller as in like it's not important to do that kind of thing. Okay. Because you can you can choose to be a stay-at-home mom even after you go to school, you know, um, but not having that option or opportunity, I think that we all lose the society. Okay. By I those feel like those contributions. So like, for example, like imagine all the contributions that women have put into the science, the field of mathematics, just for one. 
Now imagine if all women culturally were told that you will only be a housewife and that's it, that's your job. We would all lose on those contributions. I think that this is definitely a conversation that we have to circle back to. <laughs> Um, uh, because I don't, I don't want to, cause we're going to have this debate April. We're going to have this debate and uh -huh. we have too much to go through, but I will say this. I remember one time Oprah said, there are two types of individuals in the world. There are campers and there are climbers and both are equally important. We need both of them in society and all of them contribute and they contribute, um, to how society runs. You have, and I'm I'm saying it fast and, and quick, but you guys are gonna get the point. So the camper, it comes, they they get to the mountain, they get to the camp spot, and they find their spot. They camp, they camp out. They've got their their camping gear. They've got their barbecue. They got the family living the vida loca. They're fishing. They're happy. Woo! Then you have the climbers who have their day gear and perhaps an overnight gear and they they get to the mountain they see the campers they like interact with the campers have a great time but they're like hey guess what we're trying to climb this mountain so off they go every level of the mountain they get there they see some other people but they keep going until they get to the top because they're they're climbers both are equally important and both play a huge role in society and i think that this debate we have about women and what is expected of them and what they should do at the end of the day, I feel personally that, and I'm going to cuss because I really want my point to be made. And so mom, cousin, whoever is watching, calm down. I feel like women should do whatever the fuck they want. If you want to stay at home, stay at home. If you want to cook and clean, cook and clean. If you want to have two master's degree, a PhD, be a lawyer, a doctor, an engineer, do that. If you want to be a hussy, do that. If you want to be a baby mama, do that. If you want to be a hoe, do that. Be whatever the fuck you want to be. Live the life that you want to live. Because what I do know as a certainty and as for a fact, a life is too short. I lived through a pandemic, and so I know I'm going to do the things that are going to make me happy right now, period, whatever that looks like. If that looks like X to me and Y to you and you don't agree with it, well, guess what? I don't give a fuck because at the end of the day, life is too short. My dad passed in 2018. I'm coming up on his anniversary um, of his life and of his death, and I will say this. He always wanted me to be a, a lawyer he always wanted to be me, me to be married. And all those things are not true right now. I am following the path that is best for me. And I hope that you all are following the path that's best for you. That's it. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. One time for the hose. <laughs> Oh my god, my got blurry because I got all crazy with it. Oh, I really did get blurry. Uh oh, you blurred yourself out. I you did. Right, let me see if I can fix it. Fix it. Yep. <laughs> oh. Yes, Amanda, for the hose and the hustle. Yeah, that's it. Oh, sorry for your loss, Wonderlust. I totally know how that is. Um. Okay, so back to Debbie and Usama.
So where are we? We're at Debbie's one man plan. Right. And so he expects to have a half Moroccan woman cooking the cleaning, all the things. And Debbie's like, well, none of this was part of the plan before. Like, what are we talking about? Am I not going to be able to order out? And, you know, can we maybe sneak some some wine into the house? And Usama's like, no, that would be lying. Now, here's the thing that was outrageous to me, April. And again, I just feel like when when you guys are introducing Islam, you guys have to really introduce, because sometimes you're introducing it for the first time. And Ziad's Islam is different than Usama's Islam, is different than Muhammad's Islam. And maybe that's the case, but then explain that to us because he goes on to say that if Debris brought wine into the house, then it would be lying. No alcohol or drugs, he says, um, inside the house because he believes it brings it takes the angels out and brings the devils inside. But he does drink. Mm -hmm. He drinks, he buys his drinks and he drinks it outside. Yes. And he does that as res out of respect to his mom and dad. Well, so what is it? Is it are you respecting your house or are you respecting the culture? Because I thought that you were not supposed to drink at all. I did not understand that at all. I'm hoping that there's some questions that come up about it because I was quite perplexed. I, you either can't drink as part of your culture and religion, or you're just not drinking at the house because you're staying at your mama and your daddy's house and you don't want them to know that you drink up in the house and you ain't got no job. Like, uh, Yeah, following his logic, wouldn't that just be like introducing the demons to your body? Oh, everyone say hi to Jamie. She stopped by to say hello and to leave you. She's loving and leaving. <laughs> Amy. We are super excited. April's immigration and advice and travel says, hi, Jamie. We're super excited for, you know what, Jamie? We're excited for it. Yes. Um, okay, so thank you for stopping by. So that's the part I don't understand. If one of you guys have the answer, please let me know because either you're strictly religious and you're not drinking, or there are some exceptions to the rule. And if Osama has this exception, what he should have said instead of saying that Debbie would be lying would be like, hey, guess what? I can't bring alcohol into the house, but we can go ahead and drink at the, the bar, at the restaurant. We could drink at um, the hotel lobby. We could drink outside in the barnyard. We just can't drink in the house. Is he saying... But is he saying that she can't drink because does he go to places where like only men can go and drink? Is that what he's saying? I didn't get that. I don't know. All I know is that he buys drinks and he drinks them outside. He just doesn't drink them in the house. I don't understand it. I want more understanding of that. I need more understanding too. So like I said, if you're watching the replay, go ahead and hit me up in the comments. Hit April up in her comments. If you're in the live chat, go ahead and and, and help explain it. Because all I know is that what he said, his actions and words do not match. And I'm going to need some answers. Okay, so <clears throat> Debbie's confused. And so we get to the hotel and they're actually in Riyadh in the hotel and the ho hotel's called the house of flowers and you guys i just thought it was gorgeous 
I thought Absolutely. it was gorgeous. So the room is amazing. I tried to get a couple of photos, but it basically had like an indoor outdoor cabana courtyard vibe. I loved all the tapestry and like the, I was going to be like, it was like you're in the forest. It just, it I loved everything about it. what do you think, April? Very enchanting. Very like, I just want to lay out and take a bunch of pictures. Just, it was really, really beautiful. Yes. Nice spot for them to stay. Yes. I just thought it, I was like, you know what? If you indeed pick this Osama, go ahead. Yeah, Have good taste. taste. Good taste. I, good taste. So um, <clears throat> they get there. And I like how he said Debbie one has a reservation. We find out that it's two rooms, but as you guys can see, it was like a courtyard. So the rooms were still in like the same vicinity, just across from each other, but everything was connected. Loved it. She's fine with that as well. Cause you know, she's a grown ass woman. Um, and then my note, which is not very nice, but again, I told you guys at the top of the show that I was feeling crabby when I wrote this. Um, and so, yes, it's a little bit mean, but I'm going to go ahead and say it because that's who I am. <laughs> My note says, who knew Snaggletooth would be the voice of reason? But I say that because you guys already know that like this whole thing that's happening is hard for me. It's very, very hard for me because I also learned because I started looking was not just the side tooth, but like the, the it's all of it. See, you're, you're making it worse for yourself. You got to just stop looking at it. I know. That's what I try to do. So I write my notes and, and not look. But then he was like the voice of reason in all of 90 day history, in all the stuff that he just said yeah. about, about drinking. Then all of a sudden, I don't know if he got, I don't know. Did lightning strike him down? I don't know. Like he had, he was the voice of reason and what he was saying made sense to me. And I was like this 24 year old, out of all the people going the other way is the one that's making sense. Make that make sense to me. So here's what happens. Um, Debbie comes out in this beautiful, uh, I don't know, frock. It was gorgeous. You guys, she had a costume change and she put this big like lion necklace on. And when I say she had the entrance, like you knew she, I have arrived. That's how I felt. It was she said amazing. it was amazing. Yes. yes. She said it was a princess dress. And I'm going to say, yes, queen. Yes, mm -hmm. it was. You came in and you rocked it out. Sits down and she's, you know, she asked some good questions. She's like, you know, what should I do to prepare to go to your mom and dad's house? And, you know, how long do you think we should be staying? A couple days, you know, a couple weeks. And Usama's like, you can stay as long as you want. He's like, don't worry about it. It is all good. And, oh, I forgot the, the best part. When she came in and she sat down, she was like, how are you, kind sir? <laughs> yeah, that was good. Um, okay, so she's like, you know, I think that we should probably stay, you know, maximum like a couple of weeks. And then we come back, we look for apartments. And he's like, you know what? For now, we're just going to stay at my dad's place and you can stay for as long as you want. Maybe a month or two, we can save and we'll have no worries there. And then she's like, stay for a month or two. And he's like, yeah, you're going to stay for a month or two. And then after you will leave to the U.S. 
And it's no problem because you can come back for your business. You can come back for your home. No problem. She's confused. She's like, you want me to go back to the U.S.? And he says, yes. She's still confused. So she asks him for a third time, you want me to go back to the U.S.? And he says, yes. (laughs) Then she's like, well, then when would I come back? And then here is what was the beautiful point that I was like, who is this man? He said, that is the decision of life. What we first have to do is we have to, you have to know my family. You have to know how they are. You know how, have to know how we live and how they live. You have to know about our traditions. And we as a couple have to know each other so deeply before we get married. Then we get married. Mm-hmm. She's pissed. She's like, I wish you would have told me that before I came. I wouldn't have packed all my stuff. I moved mountains and had problems with my family and my kids at, be, to get here. I moved hot, hell and high water to get here. You should have told me beforehand. And um, he's like, well, you know, we need to spend some time in reality, which I 100% agree with him. Okay. I've always said this. I've always said, I don't believe online relationships where you've never met before are real relationships. And he's like, not only do we have to spend some time in reality, we have to accept each other in reality. Mm -hmm. He's pissed. She's like, so we're not going to get married. This two months is just quote a test drive. And he's like, yeah. She's like, you screwed up big time, Osama. And then he, you guys, he sat back and said, why? Because I told the truth. <laughs> what? This 24-year-old. Go ahead. Go ahead, Osama. I wasn't feeling uh, you. Uh, but by, yeah. by the end of this, you were laying it out there. He's like, I want to marry you, but we have to be in reality. Mm-hmm. Like, we have to basically get to know each other. We don't know each other. And she's like, after three years, you have the audacity to say this to me. And then he sits back again and says, three years on social media, not in reality. I know you feel hurt. I still want to marry you. I still love you. Nothing has changed, but we need to get to know each other in real life. Mm-hmm. If I could drop my mic and it not break, I would go ahead and say, <laughs> right there. go ahead. What do you think? I agree. I agree with you. He, he, the only problem I would have with it is if he led her to believe differently before she arrived. And so now she's arrived, but I, I have a feeling that Debbie might have made her own assumptions as opposed to him telling her that. Agreed. So she does say that the last time she was there, he was rushing her to the embassy and wanted to marry her, all the things. But I also do think that maybe they were caught up in that moment because like when she arrived, she was like, oh, I feel at home. I feel safe. I feel loved. I feel young again. The future is bright. Like, so you can get caught up in the lust and love of it all. Right. But at some point, you're going to have to come to reality. And I think that that's what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jocelyn's asking, had they met before? Yes, they have. According to her, she had gone to Morocco a few times before. All right. 
let's move on to Jamie and Chris. Mm. Um, oh, snap. Hold on one second. What am I doing? I hope I'm not putting... Okay, I'm not. So, Jamie and Chris. Uh, I agree with April. She heard what she wanted to hear. I'm glad that we're all back to agreeing with me. Okay. <laughs> April didn't like it when she was the one that no one was agreeing with. Because we all normally agree with April and not with me. But we had a couple of episodes where you're like, yes, Linda, yes. And April yes, said, it's okay. Uh, what? I can Bring be wrong like once out of 10 times, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Jamie and Chris. Chris is in bed still with her back pain, her neck pain, her head pain, her pain, her pain, her pain. She's still no better. Um, she is supposed to go with Jamie to dinner to meet Alex and Leo, right? Because that's going to be, that's your, like your fiance. You want your friends to meet your fiance, all the things. Um, but, you know, she's curled up in the bed, still in pain. Um, Jamie feels bad. And she still goes because Chris is like, well, you should still go. You should still go all the things. And so she does go, which I think she should go. Um, she gets to the restaurant and her friends automatically know that something is wrong because she's alone. She has a long face. And then Jamie goes to explain Chris's situation. Now, before I get there, before I get into all the things, what was your take on this situation, April? She At this point, she's had heavy painkillers and she's had two shots, if I'm recalling correctly. She won this episode and one last one, unless they're referring to the same shot. There's no reason she should be curled up in pain like this, unless she is under what I suspected last time was withdrawal. That part. I think that, okay, so first of all, this is how, this is how I look at it. Can you imagine, okay, first, okay, where should I go first? Because I got a lot to say. Um, okay, I'll go here first. So Chris explains to her friend Alex and Leo, or excuse me, Jamie explains that Chris is laying in the bed. She's laid up in pain because she's had four car accidents. She needs neck surgery. Her back hurts. She's complaining about walking. She's complaining about driving. She's complaining about the plane ride over. And it was all just too much for her. And the response for the friends was hilarious to me because all they said was, wow. <laughs> what are you supposed to say to all that information? Yeah, wow. Wow. The friends say wow two times because, yeah, wow. Now, here's where I want you guys to all take a moment and think about this, okay? Take a moment. Because you guys know how I am. I'm gonna really lay it out for you. Mm -hmm. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Can you imagine, okay? This is my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? This is how I feel, and I'm just going to go for it. But can you imagine, you guys all know that I feel like 
if you're in an online relationship and you haven't met in real life, it's not a real relationship, right? You have to meet in real life. So can you imagine, and we'll use me as an example. Can you imagine I'm in this online relationship and I've spent time and energy. This person has ghosted me before I took them back. Um, they didn't tell me that they had all of these medical issues between my neck, my back, my, uh, 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 that song, my neck, my back, my, uh, uh, and my, uh, uh. right. The plane ride. I can't walk. I can't lie down. I can't sleep. Oh, I didn't mention the night terrors. I didn't mention the narcolepsy, all these things, all these things that this person that I'm dating has never told me, but they showed up at my, my doorstep. So now I'm learning all of this in the first 72 hours that you might have a night terror and wake up in the middle of the night. You might fall asleep in the middle of wherever. You can't do simple things like go to the market or go to the flea market or go to the restaurant or meet my friends because you're in so much pain. And you want to carry a knife? That, that part. And then you want to have not just like some small little knife you want to do some heavy duty knife where i saw on the tv that you were doing this behavior what if you do this and you're in the bed and you're having a night terror and i'm just minding my own business having sleepy happy dreams and all of a sudden now i'm on the id channel no thank you so you can imagine having to deal with all of that within 72 hours and then okay and then the person that I'm dating tells me, oh, guess what? By the way, some druggie stole my $50,000 bike that I was going to bring that money here. So I'm going to have to quickly go back. None of that makes sense to me. And what the friends were saying, Alex and Leo, kind of made sense to me now because think about it. It sounds like an elaborate ghosting situation to me. So um, I can't remember if it was Alex or Leo, but they were like, this doesn't make sense. It's it's all it's too much. It sounds to me like maybe she came here and changed her mind. Maybe she's yes. not interested because yes. you know how you make excuses when you're not interested in someone, especially mm -hmm. if you've never met them in real life and now you've met them in real life. So either Chris is not interested or Chris has some type of opioid problem and she's going through withdrawal and she thought she could handle it. And like we talked about on the show before. She thought maybe like getting the opioids over the counter, like we'll show you again, these ones. She thought maybe if she got them at the pharmacy, because if you guys remember, that's the very first thing she did as soon as she got there was get this single gen max, which is an over the counter opioid. Or she thought, bring the doctor over, get the shots, the muscle relaxer shots, that would help. And she's realizing that if indeed she has an addiction, these things are not working for her because so she's going to bounce. Either way, you traveled halfway across the world to, to stay for three days and you're willing to put your wedding on hold so that you can go back? Yeah, I, I don't believe this story at all. Um if you need to come testify in a trial, you get a trial date that's set with more notice. Um, so I never believe that story. Also, if she's in this incredible pain that she thinks is from flying, I don't think that she's going to be ready to get on a plane again and then come back to Columbia. She's not. 
this is an elaborate, I am overwhelmed or I am regretful about making this decision and I want out of it. And I'm surprised that she's overwhelmed. Like minus the drug problem I think she has, um, she's never been out of the country before. She's never been in a city before. She's never openly been in a lesbian relationship before. I think everything altogether is overwhelming her apart from that. Yeah. I mean, even Jamie said it's all too much for her. It's all too much for her. Um, A lot of you guys are saying, so Amanda's saying, y'all, you can get that good Tylenol in in Mexico and Canada. She picked the wrong spot, if that is what's going on here. Um, C. Cruz says, yeah, she was trying to taper off and it's not working. A lot of you guys are calling it muscle relaxer. She did get a muscle relaxer in the last episode. That injection was a muscle relaxer. Um, And then Vanessa says the injection was a pretty mild painkiller. It's an NSAID, like Tylenol. Was it one or two injections? I think it was one. Was it one? Okay, so they're referring to the same injection both ones. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... Jamie says, I can only say that whenever I do something, I do it with a lot of love. Aw. I mean, that's clear. Yeah. Like, she's pretty torn up when she's talking about it. So, yeah. Um. So, that being said, Jamie goes on to say that Chris has a problem in Alabama with a bike, which we all okay. know about this bike situation. I think I brought it up uh last week did i bring it up last week april yes we we talked about the incredulous in the the likelihood that that was not really yeah that it's incredulous yes so she has to go back to alabama because of this motorcycle so she may go back she may not go back they're going to find out the next day if she goes back they have to change the wedding what was Interesting to me was to see Alex and Leo's response. They were both like silent. None of them had anything to say. And as soon as they said something, you're like, this is weird. Mm-hmm. This is weird. Leo thinks that Chris is making excuses, doesn't want to be with her. Um, and either Leo or Alex said, maybe it's a sign that it's not meant to happen. Whatever the case, it's a lot. Her friends, and I agree. Jamie needs to open her eyes and see what's really going on here. Now, here's the thing. What was interesting to me and what was like confusing is in the preview for next week, April, it looks like Jamie and Chris get married. Did you see that? Um, I It looks like it, but I did not read too much into it because you know how they mislead us sometimes in those coming legs. I think it's a mislead, mislead a big one, but they were both in white dresses. It looked like they got married. However, what we did also see in the preview is Jamie complaining that, guess what? Chris ghosted her again. They hadn't talked for a month. Hey, Raydella. Um, so we'll see you guys. We'll see whether they walk down that aisle before Chris goes back to Alabama where they don't walk down that aisle. But we, what we do know is that there's another time where someone gets ghosted. Okay. Moving on. 
Did yeah. you want to say something, April? No, 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 no. Go ahead. Moving on. <laughs> Nicole and Mahmood, I just want to say for the record that I just really need Nicole to go home. I just need her to go home. I'm done with the nonsense. I'm done with the victimization. I'm done with her saying that out of all the people that are, are playing games, that she's not participating in the game playing. Because in my opinion, she is. What were your thoughts on this section first? I, I got really, really annoyed when she said she was having a crisis of faith. Girl, what have you done to have a crisis? What have you learned? What have you read? What have you done? Like to even learn about the religion. But that's what I was saying earlier. So if you don't stand for anything, you fall for everything. Like who, I don't understand. I just don't understand this woman. I don't understand what it is that she's trying to accomplish. It's clear that you don't want to be there. It's clear that you say you converted, but you really haven't. And do you even know what a crisis of faith is? Because I don't even think that you attempted to, to make any type of change or embrace the religion. I think you just said, yeah, I'll, okay. It sounds like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. And you did it. And you converted to a whole culture. And now, in my opinion, you have no respect for the culture and you're not even trying. No. And then she makes it seem as though like, oh, I need my mood to teach me how to pray. You can you look that up on YouTube, darling. So he feels like he's not the right man for Nicole. You are correct. Very self-aware of him to say that. <laughs> She doesn't care about his culture. You are correct. Absolutely correct. But he still loves her. And so why? I want to know why. That part. What's the connection that these two people have that makes them, be, they're torturing each other at this point? That part, I don't know. If you all know in the live chat, let us know because I don't know either. So he still loves her. So he, his question to himself is, should he still try or should he let her go? It's clear to me what you guys should be doing because you guys can't even last a week without fighting. A day. They haven't had a day. That part. So Nicole, in my opinion, is playing the victim. Um, she blames him for saying, I don't want to be with you. He says, those were just words. She says he's playing games, but she too is also playing games. And here's why I think you have to own up to your part as well, Nicole, because you literally converted to Muslim to get married. You got married, not once, but twice. So you got married at the courthouse and then you had a religious ceremony where you converted. You lived there, and I say that loosely, for a couple of months. So you knew what the culture was going to be like and you embraced it. And I did learn, and thank you guys all for the feedback, in Egypt they do say, Hey, hey, gab. Hey, gab. Yeah. Yeah. Gab, where you call it a veil. You used to do all that stuff. So now then you decided that you were going to go home because you didn't like it. You should have st stayed in LA, been there, done that. But then, you know, 90 day fiance comes knocking. You decide that you're going to give your relationship that you were almost signed off on divorce papers another chance. You get there and you're surprised that nothing in Egypt has changed except for you. Because now, instead of embracing being Muslim and your husband's culture, like you said you did because you converted, you now are like not budging. You're not going to, you're not wearing anything, you're not eating anything, and you definitely are not praying. So I'm, 
like April confused, where is the crisis? Because you haven't done shit to make it a crisis because you haven't changed. Right. Right. You've, you've not done anything to learn. Maybe she doesn't know what a crisis of faith actually means. That That's a real term. It has a real meaning. It's not just a loose thing that you can throw out whenever you feel like it. That part. Um. So then they start fighting again and now they're fighting in front of his mom. It's awkward for everyone, including everyone watching the mom, like keeps peeking over. She quickly gets on the phone and tries to like break up the fight by saying, Hey, your uncle's on the phone. Uncle's waiting for them. We find out a little bit more about Mahmood that he didn't grow up with a father. So his uncle really is a father figure. His mom and his dad got divorced and the dad didn't play a role in his life. They get to the uncle's house, Uncle Omar, and it's the uncle and his wife, as well as Mahmoud's grandma and his cousin and his cousin's wife. Everyone is there, right? Which is something that we're starting to see a pattern of, like, the whole, all the family is all together all the time. Doesn't matter mm-hmm. who it is. And again, Nicole, you it's not like you've never been to Egypt before. You, you by your own words, said that you lived there for two months, so you should be familiar with all the family. So <clears throat> my note says, what's Nicole's problem? Because here we are, she gets to the house and part of um, being there is greeting the family, right? So she's like sitting there and she's like, you know, hey, how are you? And he's like, well, you know how to say that in Arabic. So why don't you go ahead and speak Arabic? And here's where I got super friggin' irritated. (laughs) This is just showing my point. Like, I'm trying to figure out who is this girl and why is she the way she is? Because it can't just be like, I'm playing the ditzy blonde. It can't be that stereotype. But what is it? I'm trying. I'm honestly, you guys trying to figure it out because she can't be this like obtuse. So no, I think she is clearly this obtuse. She says, "Oh yeah, um, I forgot. I'm so confused." And then greets them in Arabic. I was like, "What?" Her mind is not all working. All the synapses are not firing off. Is that what it is, April? I think so. It's really irritating. A lot of connections are not being made. So then uh, they start talking about her design. So they're like, you have some design here. And she's like, yes. And they want to know, you know, why are you designing these things in particular? And she says, you know, it's because Muhammad likes me to cover my body. But in America, that's not normal. Uh, so she wants to create a clothing line that is for women that quote, don't want to show any skin. First of all, good. This concept already exists in many, many, many places. Like she can definitely say she wants to add to it and put her spin on it. But for her to say it doesn't exist in America is just not accurate. Um, there are multiple places that cater to that either from a just conservative angle or from a religious angle. I used to live in Tyson's, Virginia, where we have a lot of Saudi nationals in that area. There are tons of stores where you can buy a, a full of bias. 
that and you know what go ahead and just go go message avery avery is living a muslim lifestyle and she does not seem to have a problem dressing and looks beautiful all the time by the way so what you're not about to do is say all of america doesn't have modest clothing because that's yeah. just you sound stupid. I mean, yeah. look at shaida shaida dresses very well and is covered up all the time like it, it was irritating for me to, for her to say in america that's not really common you can't do that no darling that's not true yeah. Just say that you want to add your own spin on it, your own touch on it. That's what's really true. Just say that you came back to Egypt to make a connection with someone who has a factory out there and you had this bright idea that you were going to go ahead and make more conservative clothes because what you were doing selling used clothes was not working for you. Go ahead and say that part because I think yes. that's what it is. And then you're using the international platform that is 90 Day Fiance the other way to have an international audience. Go ahead and say that because all this stuff that you're, you're saying right now, like it just is not, it's not sitting with me because it just seems like you're in your mid thirties. Actually, she's towards her later thirties and you don't know anything. Like, how can you not know anything? You can't this even light a gas burner on a stove? This is also bad planning. So imagine you're not really interested in your marriage anymore, but you know if you go on 90 Day Fiance, you'll be able to have an audience, right? So what's the first thing I'm going to do? The first thing I'm going to do is get my clothes together. So from the very first time you see me on the show, here's a sample of what I made of what my line is going to have that is the kind of modest clothing that I enjoy wearing. That part. You know, like if I, if you see me on any day fiance, I'm going to be selling something from day one. Yeah. Okay? That part. So <clears throat> the family says, you know what? These designs are great. They're a good start. They're not completely appropriate for Muslim women. You know, and then the uncle mentions, you know, there has to be a, a component where they cover their hair. The uncle says, why is she not wearing a hijab? I'm saying it right, hijab, right? Hijab? Mm -hmm. While she's visiting here, meaning my house, my apartment, why is she not respecting me in my house and my culture? Um, she doesn't answer and gets mad and says religion is personal and it's nobody's business but her own. And now, not only is she mad that she was asked that question, she's mad at Mahmood, which I didn't understand. Like, what it, what part is Mahmood's fault here? The last time the uncle saw you, the last time the aunt saw you, the last time the grandma saw you, you were wearing the hijab and you converted. So they're, right, so they're legitimately confused. They're legitimately confused. So what are you being mad about? Just tell them that you decided that you're not going to wear it anymore and give them your explanation. Like, yeah. I just don't even get why you're having an attitude, but she's having an attitude. So they go on to say, um, Omar, the uncle says, and I'm just going to read what he said, because I thought it was an interesting point. He said, Allah told the prophet Muhammad, Oh prophet, Tell your wives and daughters to draw their outer garments around them when they go out or when they are around men. So then he goes on to say, had she not converted, nothing would have been imposed on her. 
if she had remained a Christian, then Muhammad wouldn't have asked her to do anything. So, yeah. And also they didn't, they didn't ask her about it when she first arrived at the house. Nobody attacked her. They still welcomed her. It came up as a natural part of the conversation. They even said that. They said, this is also on Mahmoud. You have to teach her about praying, about clothes, about the culture. And even with the Prophet Muhammad, you're not supposed to force the woman to do anything she does not want to do. You have to teach her so that she will want to because she believes in that religion, that faith. That's it. And no one forced her. She even said in this episode, no one forced her to convert. She converted on her own. And now she says she's having a crisis of faith. And I'm like, April, well, what part is the crisis? Because you don't pray. You don't wear the clothing. You don't eat the food. So which part is the crisis? Is it yeah. be Are you having a crisis because you decided that you were going to jump into something that you knew nothing about? Because that, my friend, is not a crisis of faith. That is just pure stupidity because you didn't do any research and you decided that you were going to make a whole life change on the whim. And now you feel like you can, in my opinion, it's disrespectful that you feel like you can on the whim decide that, hey, I don't want to do this anymore. It doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling her. And she's not even seeking, like she just, she said it's hot and it's uncomfortable. So that's why she doesn't want to wear the veil anymore. It's not like she's seeking, can you show me what portions of the Quran address this so I can read it, so I can discover it for myself and see how I feel. It has nothing, her reason for not wanting to wear it has nothing to do with the religion itself. So like, that's not a crisis of faith, darling. That part. Hey, Crystal. Crystal, too, is really across the pond. She really is. Ah, have someone from London in the house. Someone from London is in the house. <laughs> um, that, that was the episode, you guys. It was really a lot going on. Next week looks like it's going to be explosive April between the wedding that may or may not have happened, between... Debbie freaking out that she's going to have to go back in a couple of months. Um, and then we saw a little bit of Danielle and Johan and Johan is bringing that big baby foot energy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, guys, don't forget to like and subscribe. Uh, what we do have here that's really fun that we did for the first time, you guys, is we were live streaming on my channel, but we were also live streaming on April's channel. Uh, you guys make sure to like and subscribe in both places. And where is it? I was trying. Oh, there it is. So April's immigration advice and travel stories. Make sure you hit up holloway legal i'm playing with the name you guys so you have to tell me like it was holloway legal plc because i do immigration obviously but i also post on there every place that i travel to and if i get like a good deal on something 
I have a trip to Fiji coming up and I always recap that. So I'm trying to decide if I need to keep the name, change the name. So tell me what you think. Um, I like it. You guys let us know in the comments, let us know in the live chat. I'll keep it up for a little bit longer. Do you like April's immigration advice and travel stories? I like it. You like it like that? I really do. I like feel it. like when it just says Holloway legal, if somebody glances at it, they're not knowing what, okay, what are you talking about? Yeah. And they don't know what type of legal it could be immigration. It could be corporate. It could be entertainment. It could be anything. I, I like it. What do you guys think? April's immigration advice and travel stories. Ah, I like that, Amanda. Advice and adventures. Uh, okay, like they got me locked out. I have to wait like 20 days to change the name again, but I think that's a winner right there. <laughs> Amanda goes on to say that her name that she suggested is that's perfect. <laughs> yes, big Libra energy. What's your sign? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> too much. Oh, thank you. Great live and great chat, y'all. Thanks, Linda and April. Well, thank, thank you guys you. for being here. Um, we'll be back tomorrow with Darcy and Stacy. You guys, it's just such good TV. If you're not watching it, you're definitely missing out. Um, girl, this is what I do at your service, baby. Aww. <laughs> Well, you're good at it. And she's a Scorpio. Uh, Scorpio, I was wrong. Okay. Oh, yeah. And she's Scorpio all the way. Okay. October 31st in the house. All right, you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye, y'all. Bye.